Good morning. Good morning. It's dark in here this morning, was it me? It's a bit dark, isn't it? What's happened to the sunshine? Summer is here, everybody. Summer is here, and we do something special in August at City View. Does anyone know what we do special in August at City View? Postcards. Well done. Yeah, postcards. What is postcards? Well, what we do is, basically, I get a rest from preaching. And you get a rest from hearing me preach. Praise the Lord. Uh, And the idea is that during the month of August, you get to share with us what God has been doing in your life, what God has been speaking into your life over the last few weeks, the last few months, over the last year, maybe over your lifetime. And so I want each of you, because you're sitting there thinking, you know, that's not me. It may well be. Or you might be there thinking, well, actually, I did it last year. Well, it doesn't mean to say you can't do it this year as well. So what I want you to do is to think and pray and say, Lord, is there something you want me to share to the folk at City View during August? And uh, when God has said yes to you, then you contact me and we'll chat about it and we'll set up a time Uh, in August. It's basically, for those of you who haven't seen this before, you don't have to preach. It's you just sharing what's on your heart, you sharing what God has been doing in your life. That's it. And that, I know, is a huge, huge encouragement uh, to many, many of, uh, of us here. So be thinking, it's likely to be you this year. Isn't that wonderful? Um, they say, they, they say that all good things must come to an end, except, I guess, the endless fries at White Spot, because they never come to an end, because they're endless. But we are coming to the end of the series that we started way back in cold January. We have been growing for six months. My, how you've grown. This is the list that you gave me at the beginning of the year. This is the list. You said, Trevor, uh, we believe that God is wanting us to grow in these areas. And for the last six months, we've been going through these in some form or another. On a Sunday morning, we've been teaching into these. Um, there's two big ones that are left, and that's parenting and marriage. And I, I don't feel as though they are subjects that we can necessarily deal with on a Sunday morning, even though we can do. Uh, I think they're better to be uh, dealt with separately. So we're going to do that in the fall. We're going to have some parenting stuff going on, some marriage stuff going on in the fall. Uh, So look out for that. It may be that we'll have it during um, uh, an evening or a weekend or something like that. So anyway, uh, look out for that when it comes. But there's one more on this list that we need to look at that we haven't looked at 
at the moment. And we're going to do this over the next two weeks. This one. Self-care. We haven't looked at that. Self-care. How do we take care of ourselves? Or perhaps more precisely, how can we, along with the prompting and the help of the Holy Spirit, look after our well-being? Because it's vitally important. You see, we are God's precious children. And God's plan for his children is not for us to run ourselves into the ground and simply limp through life. That's not his plan for us. He wants us to flourish. He wants us to be healthy and whole physically, emotionally, and spiritually. But how can we do that? Well, the answer lies in a four-letter word. Cert. Have you ever felt totally and utterly exhausted? You know, completely out of gas so that you can't even put one foot in front of the other. Anyone ever been there? About five years, thank you, Tanya, yeah, loads of hands going up. About five years ago, uh, Linda and I uh, were visiting our eldest daughter, Amy, in Germany, and we decided to do a three-day bike ride along the River Rhine. Beautiful. Uh, And so um, on the first day, uh, our first stop would be in a lovely German town called Bacharach, which was about... 40 kilometers from Mainz, where we were, all along the River Rhine, along the uh, path there, totally flat, 40 kilometers, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Now, it started out well, but at that time, I started to have what was later diagnosed as epileptic seizures. And so, uh, as we started off, we went off, I started to have these seizures. In fact, I, I had quite a few of them in quick succession. They only lasted a few moments, but it just drained me of all energy. But the problem was, we were in the middle of nowhere. And uh, the wind started to get up, and the rain started... So we just had to keep cycling. And (laughs) we were on this narrow path by the river. And Linda was so concerned that I'd have another seizure and fall off into the river that she was cycling right by the river herself so that if I did fall off, I'd knock her into the river and she can swim. But this, it was torture. Seriously, the last 10 kilometers of this ride must have taken us about three hours. It was torture. I, we were hardly moving. I could hardly turn the pedal over. It was awful. And then eventually we got to our guest house where we were staying and I literally fell off the bike and I staggered up to the front door and then... I was trying to 
tell this guy in German that we had a reservation. But I was so tired. Ever been there where you're so tired that you can't even think to speak? English, let alone German. And so I'm just mumbling and he's eventually we get, and we get into the room. And ever done this where you just fall on the bed and you cannot move? I don't know if you've ever felt that exhausted. But I'm sure there have been times when you felt really, really tired. You know, maybe not physically tired, but maybe emotionally tired. You know, you're a time when you're facing a big deadline at work or you're grappling with a, a difficult family dynamic or um, uh, financial stress or something complicated going on at work and you're just dead tired. Not just in your body, but tired in your spirit, tired in your soul as well. And it's at that time we so long for that four-letter word. Cert or rest. Rest. We so long for rest. Rest not just physically but soulfully as well. We need rest for our whole being. You know, maybe you're at that point right now and I'm looking at teachers and parents. Maybe you're there right now. But the problem is, you see, we find it hard to rest. Life comes at us at a frantic pace and we get swept up in it, don't we? We get bought, we bought into the idea that the busier we are, the more important we are. We stand in awe of those around us who are able to fit so much into their lives. You know, those who are able to go for a 10K run, do all the washing and ironing, feed the kids, paint the living room, go to work and solve the Middle East crisis all before 9 o'clock in the morning. We're just in awe of these people. But is that really the way that we're meant to live? You see, it's now a well-known fact that stress-related illness and our hectic lives, it's one of the leading causes of death. I read about this. The people in Japan, the most workaholic nation on earth, have added a new word to their vocabulary. It's this one. It's kuroshi. Kuroshi. I don't speak Japanese, but kuroshi. Uh, It's a medical term that means basically death from overwork. And and, uh, some death certificates will contain this word. Kuroshi is the cause of of death. Kuroshi is what happens when we ignore the four-letter word. And I'm sure many of us, at one time or another, have just stopped and blurted out, someone please stop the world, I need to get off. Is this the way that life is meant to be? Can we do anything about the way we live, or, or are we just going to accept That life's like that. Listen carefully. This 
is what it says in the book of Hebrews. It's a verse of hope and encouragement. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. Over the next two weeks, I want us to look at this hope, this antidote to a frantic life, this idea of Sabbath rest, because I believe it's a vital message for all of us, a message for those of us who actually probably feel quite rested at the moment, you know, those people that live life horizontally, 24-7, they're horizontal, no problem, man, pass me a joint, (laughs) because there are many more layers to rest than just simple activity, is your soul at rest. And then there are those of you who are drowning right now with the pace of life. This is what God's message is for all of us. And this morning we're going to look at the importance of rest, why God created rest and why he created us to rest. The why questions. But I know as we go through it this morning, you're going to be asking the how questions. Because that's what we do. We, I get it, Trevor. But how? You don't know my life. How? Well, that's next week. The how is next week. Next week we'll look at how we can live in Sabbath rest where we can find true rest in the midst of our busy lives. So please, please, please try not to get too frustrated this morning. Because you're, I know, I know, because I think that way as well. I know you're going to be thinking, yeah, Trevor, great. Theory, super. Practical, uh-uh. That's next week, all right? So let's, uh, let's you know, be patient with me. I know we want to get to the how-tos, but we've got to start with the whys first. And before I look at this subject, I need to offer a disclaimer. Uh, You see, you know, we pastors stand before you week after week, and we're actually very, very good at giving the impression that we have it all together. And our lives are completely in line with the scriptural message that we're giving. Well, let me be completely honest with you. The idea of rest is a concept and a truth that I struggle desperately with. Just this week, two women in my life within 24 hours of each other told me that I need to get my act together with regard to rest. One looked me in the eye and said, you just don't know how to rest, do you? And I said, of course I do. Now shut up and let's get on with some work. So just so you know, I'm speaking about this topic of rest from a place of weakness. Please know that. Okay, I'm going to be referring to two short passages of Scripture as we look at Sabbath rest. One in Genesis, one in Deuteronomy. And there's just two main points I want to give you. Two main points that I'd like you to take home 
and take to heart this morning and to stick in your mind. The first is that God created a perfect rhythm of life that includes rest. Here's what it says in Genesis 2. It says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. And so the Sabbath was created. Rest is ordained. The rest, this rest in Hebrew is the Hebrew word menuah, which is translated tranquility. It's translated serene peace. A rest in the deepest possible sense. This Sabbath rest doesn't happen after God finishes with creation. The seventh day wasn't when an exhausted God said, I am so pooped, I need to take some time off and rest it. No, Sabbath rest is part of creation. It doesn't come after creation. It's the final act of creation. It completes creation. It was part of God's creation plan, part of his ordained rhythm of life. God works and rests and works and rests. Now, here's the thing. If we are made in the image of God, then it stands to reason that we're also made to live in that same rhythm of life, of weekly rest. And if we violate that rhythm, if we lose that rhythm, then we damage ourselves and also we damage our relationships. You know, I I found this interesting. During the French Revolution, typical French, the French people decided that they would go to a 10-day work week. That's what we need to do, is work for 10 days and rest for a day. And do you know what they found? People started getting sick. And so, um, it didn't work. They started breaking down. Why? Because that's not the rhythm that we were created for. And we know that to be true in our own lives, don't we? If we lose that God-given rhythm, if we get out of step with the work-rest rhythm, we start to unravel, don't we? We start to break down. Now, here's an interesting point. Stay with me on this, because this will knock your socks off. I hadn't thought about this until I read a commentary this week. You see, I always thought that rest came as a consequence of work. That we rest from work. But actually, it's the other way around. We work from rest. Let me explain. Okay, stay with me. Adam, the first human being in creation poem, was created when? What day was Adam created? Let me help you. It was the sixth. 
Adam was created on the sixth day. What happened on the seventh day? God created the Sabbath. He created rest, which means that the very first full day a human being was on earth, what did he do? He rested. He rested. That was the very first thing, which means that we're actually designed to work from rest rather than to rest from work. Now, that may sound actually a very minor academic distinction, but here's the thing. When we understand that our life fundamentally begins with rest, we then affirm that our primary identity is not in what we do, but in who we are. When we begin with rest, we affirm that we're actually primarily not human doings, but human beings. Before anything else, before work, before tasks, before chores, we are called to rest. Before we do anything. Linda was telling me about a a chap at, she's doing an appraisal for at work. And uh, one of the things that he put in his appraisal was the definition of laziness, I'm going to get this right, definition of laziness is resting when you're not tired. The definition of laziness is resting when you're not tired. Rubbish. Absolute rubbish. No, the definition, that's the definition of God's created rhythm of life. To rest when we're not tired. We start with rest. And that has a huge implication on how we live. You see, because some of us here, me included, tend to feel that we need to earn our rest. We need to earn it on a Monday. Monday's my day off, and I always somehow get a list of jobs to do on a Monday. Uh, And so I got got this list of jobs, and I think, you know what, I really just want to just do this or for a nice bike ride or let me get through the list first and then I'll feel as though I've earned the bike ride. I've earned the rest. Rest becomes a reward, but that's not how we're created. Rest is the first thing that we do. already see those little how questions coming up in your head. I can see it now, but next week. (laughs) Think about it. We began our existence in rest. In your mother's womb, you were at rest. Even if you had an uber-demanding Asian mum. You know, you know the type. You know, the baby's in the womb and saying, okay, you need to do some math. (laughs) I'm going to say one plus one, kick me twice. Yeah, there you go, that's it. 
Or even if your mother was, you know, you weren't practicing your piano scales in the womb. What were you doing in the womb? You were resting. You were resting. You began your existence at rest. And that's the rhythm, the created rhythm for our lives. That's how God created us to live. Rest work. Rest work. That's the rhythm. And if we lose that rhythm, if we come away from that, then call BCAA because you're breaking down. So that's the first point to take home. God created the perfect rhythm of life. And we just need to get in line with it. We need to find that rhythm. And secondly, God purposefully created Sabbath rest for us. For our benefit. For his children's well-being. Jesus said in a response to the religious folk who thought that he was flouting the Sabbath laws. He said the Sabbath was made for man. Not man for the Sabbath. He created Sabbath rest for you and me and for our self-care, self-preservation. Why did he create the Sabbath? I want to tell you something, and this is a staggering theological nugget. God knows what he's doing. Four years at Regent. $30,000 later. God knows what he's doing. You see, I, I know we wonder sometimes whether he's got everything in his hand, but he created the Sabbath for a purpose. It wasn't just an afterthought. You know, he said, oh, no, you know, I've done everything in six days. Week's meant to be seven. I've got this spare day now. What do I do with it? Tell you what, um, rest, that was it. No, no, that's not what happened. He knows that as human beings, we need a day of rest. We do not function properly without it. In fact, as, as we said earlier, it can be fatal if we don't follow the rhythm of life he's set down. And so God created the Sabbath for us in three ways. He created it for us physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Physically, Sabbath is a day when we rest our bodies. Look at the commandment in Deuteronomy 5. It says this, Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your ox, your donkey, or any of your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns, so that your male and female servants may rest as you do. Fairly clear. The Sabbath is a day to cease. We're not going to get into what day is the Sabbath. Is it a Sunday? Because you know what? I don't rest on a Sunday may not have noticed, but I don't rest on a Sunday. So, but whatever, whatever that rhythm is, whatever that day is for you, Sabbath is a day to cease. It's a day of non-productivity. 
resting from work, creating a day that is distinct from other days, a day that is set aside, which is actually the meaning of holy, set aside. We are called to put aside our work and any thought of it, even though it might be piling up. See those, how, 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 Trevor, yeah, that's great, great in theory, but have you seen my work emails? Have you seen the pile of ironing I need to do, the tidying up I need to do? Do you know my kids? How on earth can I rest? Well, we're going to get to that next week. But let me give you and me some tough love. You know how children hate to go to bed and they fight it, don't they? They fight sleeping. They do anything and they get really grumpy and... But we know that if they don't get the sleep, they won't be fit to live with the next day, will they? Well, here's the kicker. Some of us haven't been taking time to rest, and we aren't fit to live with. And our relationships are suffering because of it. We will be better people if we learn to rest. We'll be more productive for one thing. Those of you who know about agriculture are aware that farmers leave fields fallow and they don't plant anything for one year out of seven. Why? Because the land benefits from the rest. After a year of lying easy, it yields even more crop, more bountiful crop. I read the other day, Uh, an article about women's shoes. Seriously, this is what I do for a living. (laughs) The woman who wrote the article discovered that if she wears one pair of shoes every day, the pair of shoes will last six months. But if she has two pairs of shoes and alternates wearing them every other day, both pairs will last two years. She says... This is because the leather needs to rest. And when it rests, it lasts longer. So those of you who have 30 pairs of shoes, (laughs) they're going to last a long time if you alternate them. In 2005, a store called Minneapolis opened in Minnesota's Mall of America. And I kid you not, it rents comfy spots where weary shoppers can take naps at 70 cents per minute. Isn't that cool? And they can rent these, they're called nap pods. And apparently, it's great for the shops because after your nap, you're ready to shop more. And spend more money because you're rested. And I know these, these are happening in workplaces. Anyone in your workplace have a place where you can go and nap? Maybe not. I've, I've heard of offices in Vancouver where it's a darkened room and a bed. You can just go and nap. Have a power nap. Because your productivity is better. 
when you do that. The Sabbath is a day to rest physically because it renews our strength. And then the second way the Sabbath benefits us is emotionally. Some of us are weary because we're tense and troubled. You know, the busyness and the strains of life causes emotional fatigue, doesn't it? But true Sabbath rest restores our emotions. How? Well, in the Genesis passage, we read that God created the heavens and the earth, the birds and the animals and human beings. Then he rested. He sat back and appreciated what he had done. Last Monday, on one of my lists, was to fix the light switch in our bedroom, which had suddenly gone off. I had no idea. I'm totally useless at handy stuff around the home. Totally useless. Anyway, I turned off the the whole uh, electricity in the house, and I fiddled around with a few things, bought a new light switch, put the new light switch in, It worked. And I kid you not, I sat on the bed and looked at this light switch for a good 20 minutes. <laughs> Just admiring it. And then I got up and I was switching it on and off. <laughs> on and off. Why? Because I was pleased with what I had done. I stood back and I appreciated. To restore our emotions, God wants us to take time and step back and appreciate the beauty we see around us. And in our relationships with friends and family, Sabbath rest is a time when we step back and just enjoy creation and enjoy the people around us rather than figuring out how we can make them better. Just enjoying them as they are. Which means we have to be intentional. Husband, take time out in your week to talk with your wives and play with your children. Or vice versa, play with your wife and talk with your children. Sabbath rest helps us physically and emotionally. And lastly, Sabbath rest reconnects us spiritually. You see, Sabbath rest is ultimately about being in the presence of the Holy God. Being in tune with him, enjoying him. And it resets our lives and perspective. You see, when we're at Sabbath rest, earthly things assume their true size. Let me say that again. Earthly things assume their true size when we're at Sabbath rest. Take time, the commandment says. Take time in a busy world to remember who God is. It says in Deuteronomy, remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. You see, as we stop and rest and turn our hearts to God, we're reminded of who God is. And just as importantly, we're reminded 
who we are in relation to him. We're reminded that it's God that saves us, not us. We're reminded that our ultimate worth comes from who we are in him, not how much we do. You know what Sabbath rest reminds us of? That we are not indispensable at work. You will still walk through this door if I get knocked over by the number 99 bus later on today. Not that I'm intending to. You'll still come through this door. Worship will still happen at City View. I am not indispensable. You are not indispensable in your job. You're not. When you're 10 foot under, life will go on. Life will still go on. When we're at Sabbath rest, it gives us the right perspective in life. We need to rest. You tired? You out of gas? just running to keep up with the frantic pace of life? Does your soul long for rest? Remember this verse in Hebrews. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that race, rest. Make every effort to find that rhythm of life. Make every effort to find true Sabbath rest that God has created for you and desires for you. How? Come next week. your soul right now? Is it churning? How's your mind right now? Is it racing? The psalmist says, be still and know that I am some of us here need to face up first and foremost to the fact that we don't do rest well. Maybe we need to actually confess that we've allowed things to get out of kilter, out of the rhythm of, of life. Maybe we just need to recognize that this morning.
Father, I want to thank you that you're a God who knows his children. Lord, you know us. You know us so well. You know that there are times we just get snowed under with stuff, with work, with relationships, with stress. And yet, Lord, you created life. You created us for a perfect rhythm. Lord, I pray that you would give us wisdom to know how we can rest in you for free. How we can be restored by you, physically and emotionally and spiritually this week, wherever we are. Thank you, Lord, that we don't have to do this on our own. Thank you that you, by your spirit, come Pray that you would do that for each one of us this week, Father. In Jesus' name.